True story, uh, when I was in college, I sensed a call from God to be a pastor. So right out of college, I went to seminary to train for ministry. And uh, my final weeks of seminary, I got a call. I got a call from an elder board of a church uh, asking if I would consent to have the church vote to uh, hire me as a, a pastor on their church staff to replace a pastor who was retiring. And I said, yes. Well, a few weeks later, the night of the church vote came, and I wasn't allowed in the room for the vote, uh, but I was able to hear about the vote uh, in a report relayed to me later. Here's, here's how the vote ended up. The, vo- the church voted to hire me as a pastor, but the vote was not unanimous. There were some people who voted against me because I was too young. Uh, and I was. I was 25 years young. If I had had the opportunity to vote, I probably would have voted against me too because uh, I had all this desire to serve God, but no experience. I had very little experience. And this lack of a unanimous vote just fed into the narrative of fear and insecurity that I was feeling and not wanting to step forward into this pastoral role. Well, then in a room, uh, something like this, God spoke to me through the Bible. In the book of Genesis, uh, God introduced me to a guy named Jacob and how God chose Jacob to lead his people and how God chose Jacob to be a part of his story, even though some considered Jacob too young for the job because he was the second born. And just like Jacob was chosen by God because he had a desire to serve God and to please God, I sense God talking to me. And then God led me to the New Testament uh, where I, I read about Uh, Paul in a letter that he wrote to a young pastor named Timothy. And in the letter, Paul specifically commands Timothy, do not let people look down upon you because you are young. And so uh, through these uh, two characters in the Bible, Jacob and Timothy, I sense God calling me to go beyond my fear. And even though I was young, to step into his story and to take the, uh, the call that this church was extending to me, even though it wasn't unanimous. And so I did. And that church was BlackRock. And uh, I accepted that call from BlackRock 30 years ago this month. Now, uh, there were some people who voted against me. You want to hear something? Now those people think I'm too old for the job. (laughs) I'm kidding. Actually, uh, those people who voted against me all died mysterious deaths long ago. (laughs) I don't know why. I, I share this experience because it's just one more example of how over and over again, God uses the Bible to speak to his people, lead his people, guide his people, and draw them out beyond their fears into his story. You see, the Bible is not dead history. It is God's 
personal invitation, calling me to step out onto the big stage of his story, where God is calling me to not read the Bible just as history, but to actually read the Bible as not just a series of miracles, but God inviting me into the miraculous today. It's, it's not just history, but God inviting me to learn about faith heroes so that I can actually become one. And it's God calling me out of my small room thinking and get beyond my fears and be actually a part of his big story. And so that's what we've been doing over the past eight weeks. Over the past eight weeks, we've been going through the Bible, the entire Bible, by splitting it up into eight categories, eight sections of Scripture, and then studying how each one of these Scripture categories is God's voice, God's voice calling and empowering and making us a part of his story. Uh, we studied the patriarchs and the law and the kings and the psalms and the prophets. And then we went into the New Testament and studied the gospels and the acts of the apostles and then the epistles of those apostles, the letters of people like Paul and Peter and John. And each week we learned a little bit about that section of scripture and how it is not dead history, but how it is God's living invitation, inviting us into his story. And today, we now conclude the series with a message, a sermon message entitled, To Be Continued, because that is what this is all about. You see, when you get to the last chapter, the last verse of the last book of the Bible, there are some invisible words there that God's Spirit wants to apply to your life. And that is those words, to be continued. Because you see, God now wants to take his authoritative written word and then empower you in order to make you a part of his continuing story. And I imagine that some part of your soul is leaping up with joy and saying, this is exactly what I want. I want to be a part of God's continuing story. But I also know that despite the desire, um, there may be something in you saying, you know, this really isn't happening in my life. So maybe you're one of the many people who want to be part of God's continuing story, but you don't really feel like it applies to you. You don't really feel like it's happening in your life. So today, I want to be as clear as possible about how. How to be part of God's continuing story. And it all starts with something that's pretty awesome. And that is that the first step to being part of God's big story is to get to know the author. What does it mean to get to know the author of the story? Getting to know the author of the story means becoming God's child through faith in Jesus, following Jesus in a daily relationship with him, and reading God's story in Scripture. And speaking of Scripture, uh, this brings us to a very important message from the Apostle Paul about how, about how to become part of God's continuing story. And so the Scripture that I'm about ready to read for you is the Scripture that is the basis, the outline for everything I want to say today. And it's what Paul says in his letter to the Romans, chapter 8, verse 28, where Paul says, we know that in all things God works for the good 
of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. These are important words about how. About how I become part of God's continuing story and then what it means when I do. When I become part of God's story, I become part of something that is really, really good. In fact, Paul says it's all good. When I become part of God's story, then the details of my little personal story actually become good in every definition of that word good. Now, that doesn't mean that every detail of my life is easy or painless. It means that even the dark and painful parts in my story are part of God's good story that is leading to good things, including good things for me personally. And the reason I know that God's big story is good is because I know the author of the story. Which gets us back to God's message through the Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 8, uh, verse 28, where Paul says that not everyone is part of God's story. Did you catch that? The only people who are part of God's good story are those who love Him, have a love relationship with God. And this is where it all begins. If you want to know how to become part of His story, you must start with a love relationship with this divine author. A love relationship that comes only one way, and that is through receiving God's love, through receiving the benefit of what comes from following Jesus and believing what he did on the cross was for you. And so maybe if you are not sensing that you are part of God's story, Maybe because you haven't yet taken this very first step to get to know the author, uh, not based upon your works, but be on, based on a relationship with God and his love based on what you believe in Jesus. So it's all about Jesus, you know, uh, from Genesis to Revelation. The whole story of the Bible is about Jesus and how he is the only way to a love relationship with God. And so if you want to become part of God's story, this is where you need to start. You need to start by putting personal faith in what Jesus did on the cross for you. And if you have not done so before, then today, right now, before you leave this room, you need to whisper a little prayer of just an expression of your heart to God that says something like, God, I want to know you. I want to be a part of your story. And so I receive your love, not based upon my promise of good works, but just receive your love as a gift as I receive what Jesus did on the cross for me. And this kind of heart-to-heart expression uh, of your heart to God's heart, you know, this is where a relationship with God, the author, begins. And That's not where it ends, though. That's just the beginning of a daily relationship with Jesus, where I seek God's help in the details of my life, with the decisions and choices of my life, where I listen to God and His leading through prayer, where I get to know God through a daily experience with Him in the details of my life, where I read the Bible. If I want to know the author of the story... I have to read his book. In the Bible, I get to know God. 
In the Bible, I get to know how God thinks. I get to know what God loves, what God doesn't love, what God hates. I get to find out what is important to God and really what is meaningless or unimportant. And more than anything, in the Bible, I get to learn about God's love for me, but that this God who loves me has a story, and the story is not about me. That's real important. But let's go on to the, to the next part of becoming part of God's story. It is to step up on stage. You know, stepping up on stage means living a life where I am continually responding to God's call to step up, to step up and become a part of what God is doing and become part of God's story, which is, of course, the next part of Paul's description, right? Uh, Paul says those who are part of God's good story are those who love God and who respond to the call of God to participate in his story. So in order to become part of God's continuing story, I need to have the courage to respond, to respond to God's call to step up on stage, to step up in courage and actually say, God, I want to be part of it. I, I want to be a part of your story. And here's what's funny. It's funny that the fact that the story is not about me actually frees me up so that I can actually increase in a, in a life of fearlessness and boldness. Have you ever noticed the difference between uh, the way the disciples, you know, Peter, James, and John, the way they operated uh, before Jesus rose from the dead and then after Jesus rose from the dead? You know, before Peter, James, and John were just a mess of timidity and fear and worries. But then after the resurrection of Jesus, these same Guys were bold, and there was nothing that could hold them back, and they lived fearless lives. What was the difference? Well, after the resurrection, Jesus filled them with his spirit, and God's spirit opened their eyes to the fact that the story was not about them, but was about Jesus, who was filling them with his resurrection power so that they had nothing to fear. And so if there's anything that God teaches through the characters that are introduced in the Bible in the Old Testament and the New Testament, if there's anything that God teaches, it is this, that becoming part of God's story requires that I choose a lifestyle of faith over fear. Abraham became part of God's story because he chose faith over fear and left the comfort and safety of his home country. Moses became part of God's story because he chose faith over fear and confronted the most powerful man on earth, Pharaoh. Joshua defeated Jericho. Esther saved God's people. David conquered Goliath. David, uh, Daniel survived the lions. Mary gave birth to the Savior, and Pe Peter got out of a boat and actually walked on the water. And each one of these people became part of God's good story because they chose faith over fear. And to begin this, uh, this relationship with God, I must make this choice that I'm going to step up on stage by choosing faith over fear. 
You know, I, I shared at the beginning today how my story of beginning to be a pastor here at BlackRock was a story of choosing faith over fear. I'm no hero. It's just that that's the way it is for everybody. Everybody has a choice to make. And we are not going to be part of God's story if we're guided by our fears instead of by our faith and trust in God. It's always that way. And so it doesn't matter how long you've been following Jesus, God is calling you right now. He's calling you right now to step up on stage and say, count me in, God. I want to be part of your story. And to do that, you need to decide you're going to follow faith and not fear. Because Jesus knows that the one thing that is going to hold you back is your fear. Jesus knows that the biggest obstacle to following him is fear. And that is why as soon as you put your faith in him, Jesus calls you to be baptized. Jesus died on the cross so that you could receive God's forgiveness and this fearless new life. And so Jesus says, the first thing I want you to do for me is to get baptized to show yourself and the world that you're following me and not your fears. It's in the Bible. If you don't believe me, look it up. I want to talk straight to you right now. You know who you are. You need to be baptized as a follower of Jesus. You need to stop with the lame excuses and the next times. You need to say, I'm going to follow what Jesus says because Jesus knows that this is what I need. I need to make a decision to follow him and not fear. And so right after we close in prayer for this service, you're going to go out that back door and you're going to head to the prayer room. Just ask for the prayer room. Pastor Dan will be there and he'll be there ready to take a few moments with you, if you have a few moments, to tell you about what it means to, uh, to be baptized here. If you don't have a few moments, just sign up for baptism, get the information sheet, and we'll give you all the information you need to be baptized on Palm Sunday, April 9th, at one of our Sunday morning services. Baptism is just entry-level boldness, entry-level boldness that is necessary if you're going to be part of God's story. It's just entry level. I had to keep on choosing to respond to God's call to step up on stage and say, God, count me in. I want to be part of your story, which leads to the next and final habit uh, that you must engage in if you're going to have a role in God's story. Play your part. See, that's the next thing that, uh, uh, that Paul expresses, inspired by the Spirit of God he says, in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. God has a story he's telling, and you fit in with a purpose. God has a purpose for your life. God's given you unique gifts and unique opportunities to use those gifts and play a part for his glory. Playing your part means that you're constantly looking on the lookout for open doors for you to participate and play your part. How? By sharing Jesus with others, uh, serving here in the church, being a blessing, being part of what God is doing in other people's lives. You see, 
Being part of God's continuing stories means that you're making yourself available to be God's love in the lives of people around you. In all things, God works for the good. It's a good story. Good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. God is good, and he is telling a good, good story. And God gives you the honor and the privilege of being a part of this good story. But like I said earlier, just because it's a good story doesn't mean that it's always easy or painless. Two weeks ago, I had the uh, honor of being in the company of some pastors who are ministering in their native country of uh, Turkmenistan. And being a pastor in Turkmenistan is hard every day. Being a Turkmen pastor means ministering among Muslim people who misunderstand Christians. And it means living under a government that goes to any excuse possible in order to throw pastors in jail. And so the last thing this pastor needed happened to Yemi. Yemi was driving down uh, the road in one of those crowded streets uh, in, in his city, and it happened. A young boy, yanked free from his uh, mother's hand, darted into the road. There was nothing Yemi could do to avoid him. And as soon as the impact uh, reached his ears, Yemi knew that this boy would be dead. And he was filled with sadness and grief, and he leapt out of the car, and he ran to the boy lying on the road. And Yemi says that he picked up the boy from the road, and he looked up to heaven and prayed with every cell in his body, God, please don't let this boy die. Please let him live. But nothing happened. And his weeping mother ran over, and Yemi placed the boy in her arms, and he knew that this boy was cold and lifeless and dead. Uh, and Yemi knew that, uh, that he was going to be sent to jail eventually, and sure enough, a uh, honking uh, car pulls up and calls this mother and, uh, uh, and boy into his car. He's going to drive to the hospital, and right behind them comes the police. Yemi gives his uh, police report, and uh, he knows that he just has a few days left before they're going to come to his house and arrest him. So with the short time that he has left of freedom, Yemi decides that he's going to go to the hospital uh, to offer comfort to this grieving mother. When he gets to the hospital, uh, Yemi asks for the family of the dead boy. And the hospital sa staff says, dead? Oh, he's not dead. In fact, the doctors say he's going to be fine. And Yemi ran to the boy's room, and there was the mother who sees Yemi and immediately bursts into tears and says, God heard your prayer and raised my boy. I was holding him in the back seat on the way to the hospital, and suddenly he coughs up blood and sits up and says, where am I? And as uh, Yemi and this woman rejoice, he finds out that this woman is from out of town and she has nowhere to stay while, while her son is being held in the hospital for observation. And so Yemi says, well, why don't you come stay at my house and stay with my family? And so that day, this woman began an extended stay in Yemi's house. And on the first night in his home, Yemi uh, showed this Muslim woman the Jesus film. 
And while watching this film, uh, this woman immediately understood that this Jesus was the one that Yemi prayed to. And this Jesus was the one who raised her son from the dead. And over the next few days, she asked to see this film again and again and again. And by the time her son was released from the hospital with no permanent injury, both this woman and her son had become followers of Jesus and, and followed Jesus today. And since the police couldn't arrest Yemi for killing the boy, instead they threw Yemi in jail for leading the boy to Jesus. And while Yemi was in jail, he became known as the singing prisoner because he kept singing worship songs to God that the other prisoners loved so much they asked him to teach them these songs of worship. And eventually, Yemi was released. But he's still singing. And I know that because two weeks ago, I was part of a worship service uh, that had a special purpose. It was a Bible celebration. Uh, I couldn't understand the words that Yemi was singing, but I knew what he was singing about because this was a milestone in Bible translation. Yemi was singing because along with his Turkmen pastors, he now for the first time could hold the Bible God's word in his own mother tongue. And so Yemi was singing for joy over the awesome privilege of having God's word, the Bible. Yemi was singing about because of having God's word, he could know the author and he could hear God's call to step up on stage and play a part in God's good story. Which brings us back to uh, this place over here. Uh, I don't know where you read the Bible. Maybe it looks something like this. Maybe it doesn't. Uh, what's important is that you need to read the Bible. And when I say read the Bible, I mean don't just read it. I mean live it. That's what we've been talking about. Uh, over 700 of us have uh, committed to read the Bible through in a year. And, uh, and that's a great commitment. But not only should we commit to read the Bible, we should commit, before we read this Bible, to consider it a holy moment and whisper a little prayer, asking God to speak to us, to lead us, to empower us to become those people who are not just reading about miracles, but are part of miracles, who don't just read about uh, how Jesus raised people from the dead, but we are actually those people who see the dead around us and bring God's life and God's resurrection power to everyone we meet. And so this is the place where God speaks to us and calls us to be a part of his story. So as you read this Bible, each time you open it, consider it a holy moment when God is not just going to teach you about history, He's going to teach you how to become part of his story. We want to thank you for watching and listening to our sermons online. And we hope that uh, you will be inspired to live more like Jesus through these. Please check out blackrock.org for more information about our church. Know that you can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. And also uh, know that you can give uh, to BlackRock and to our ministry through PushPay, through our mobile app, and on our website. Your uh, donations and your support of our ministry allows us to have uh, these videos online and for us to impact our community.